From the American College of Financial Services, it's time for NextGen in 10. I'm Ross Riskin, chair of the NextGen Advisory Task Force, and for the next 10 minutes, you'll be joined by our hosts and guests discussing topics relevant to up-and-coming financial advisors. Hey, NextGen, it's Alana Phillips, and I am here today with our amazing guest, Akiva Ellis. She is a financial planner and educator. Akiva, I am so excited for this conversation. Thanks for being here with us. Of course, I'm so excited to be here as well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I want to note for our guests, if they check you out on LinkedIn, I think you have set a record for the most letters behind your name of any guests that we have had on this podcast. So I want to break these down a little bit. Can you walk us through these designations that you have? And in this process, give us a little bit of how those affect your day-to-day roles. And maybe we can start with I don't know if you want to start with the CPA or MSFP, wherever you want to start us off. Yeah, let's start in kind of a little bit of a chronological order, shall we? So let's start with the MSFP. So the MSFP stands for Master of Science in Financial Planning. And so this is a degree program, a graduate program that I did at Bentley University. I don't believe they carry this degree program anymore, unfortunately, but there are other universities and colleges out there that offer master's degrees in financial planning. And it was a great learning experience for me at this point in my career. I was very new. I actually started my first job out of college where I still am today and my grad program on the same day. So it was really just a learning experience with learning on the job while also learning the concepts from an academic perspective. And it really gave me a solid understanding, a well-rounded comprehensive understanding of the different areas of financial planning. So it was a really helpful degree for me at that stage in my career. And you also have your CFP. How does the Master of Sciences, how does that differ in terms of what you learned in the CFP? How is the CFP applicable in your current roles? So the MSFP fulfilled the education requirement that I needed to sit for the CFP exam. So that's the route that I went. So it gave me that fundamental knowledge that I needed. And then in preparation for sitting for the exam, I went through a review course that kind of brushed up on those different topics and areas and was more focused on the exam layout itself. So that's kind of the connection there. But the CFP is definitely the designation that I recommend for all new planners who want to go into to comprehensive financial planning. Full disclosure, I am a CFP board ambassador, actually. <laughs> so that's how much I believe in it. <laughs> so I'm not just saying it to say it, but you know, it was it's a really great experience to, to get that because I think it really is one of the more comprehensive approaches to financial planning and designations that you'll find out there in the field. Absolutely. And we love that plug, obviously, for the CFP designation with the, the college providing courses around that as well. So the other designations that you have here, Akiva, these may lend themselves to a little bit of kind of where you started in the industry or where you thought you might start the CPA PFS designation. Let's talk about that one. Yes. So the CPA was actually the designation that I started working on first, technically. So CPA, of course, stands for Certified Public Accountant, 
which not many people think about as being a designation for financial planning specifically, but it has its benefits. And the reason I went for the CPA was because my undergrad, my background was in accounting. I have my undergraduate degree in accounting and corporate finance. And so I was like, well, I already have the education down. I may as well just try to sit for the exams and see what happens, right? And so I was successful in doing that and I gained that knowledge. And so two main areas that I think are helpful coming out of the CPA experience that are applicable to working with clients is the obvious that people think about a lot when it comes to taxes, for example, getting a good understanding of what taxes are and how they work and how you can apply that to client situations. But also there is the component of understanding business financials and being able to read those and knowing what a balance sheet is, those very transferable skills that can be applied to personal finances as well, especially if you have clients who are business owners and that you'll be regularly interacting with business financials. So those were some of the main transferable takeaways that I would say I got from the CPA. That's really helpful, Akiva, to hear that for folks that are maybe have gone that route or started there because accounting is a very clear path, I feel like, and financial services is this weird jungle gem of stuff. So I think that will help hopefully our audience. And that is the path that they're on, that it can be applicable. Definitely, definitely can. And then the PFS is a sub-designation of the CPA. So PFS stands for Personal Financial Specialist. And it's essentially a sub-designation that indicates that I'm a CPA who focuses on personal financial planning. And this one, I will admit, I really didn't have to do any extra work to get it. It was kind of a byproduct of passing the CFP exam. And because I was already a CPA, therefore I was eligible to have this designation of PFS, which is you know, really helpful because if you're looking at it from the accounting world standpoint, you see that this person has, you know, specific expertise and experience within personal financial planning. So that's where that one came in. Excellent. And then how about this CHSNC? This was a new one for me, Akiva. Yes. So the Chartered Special Needs Consultant Program, that was my latest designation that I completed earlier this year through the American College. So it was a really great program that focuses on the special needs community, their financial planning needs, and just the community in general. And I got a lot out of it. I don't have necessarily a lot of clients that I work with who have members of the family with special needs particularly. However, what I loved about this program the most was that A third of the program really was not even focused on the finances at all. It was more so focused on the language and understanding what the needs are, what the nuances are. And so I really appreciated that, not only as a financial planner, but as someone who was also very involved in diversity, equity, and inclusion work, both at the firm that I work at and outside of it. And so that program really helped me fill in some blind spots and give me the language that I needed to have when thinking about how to best serve the special needs community. Akiva, that's a great point. We'll pause here and be back in just a moment. The American College of Financial Services is dedicated to providing applied financial knowledge and education, promoting lifelong learning and advocating for ethical standards for the benefit of society. I'm George Nichols III, President and CEO, and I encourage you to listen and subscribe to this and other college podcasts as we continue to expand our horizons in this digital landscape. Remember, no matter what, we are always stronger together.
Visit theamericancollege.edu to learn how you can be part of the change we're building. Give your clients the retirement security they need with our Retirement Income Certified Professional designation. Visit theamericancollege.edu slash RICP to learn more. We're back and I want to pick up right where we left off. I think it's so important within our industry and continuing education and learning is, I think, filling in those blind spots within our personal stances, within our our business stance. So Akiva, it sounds like as you kind of described these, did the designations come before the roles? Did the roles come before the designations? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Both, really. It was all a simultaneous process. As I mentioned, I started the CPA essentially right out of undergrad, which is also around the time that I started working in my first role at Valentine Partners, where I still am today, although my role has shifted a little bit over the past four years that I've been there. The designations were all completed while I was at Valentine, essentially. Like I said, I started my master's on the same day as I started at Valentine. At the same time, I was doing the CPA process. And then I started with the CFP. I took the CFP exam shortly thereafter. And then recently, you know, this year I did the special needs consulting program. So it's all been this continuous process of learning and growing and learning in the field while learning from a book, for lack of a better word. So I think that's really helped me a lot based on my learning style, really having that synergistic process of learning from both modalities. Yeah. You mentioned your role at Valentine has changed a little bit throughout. Did the designations help you in understanding how that changed? Or can you walk us through a little bit of that metamorphosis of the roles that you've done? Yes. So when I started at Valentine, I was working as a wealth planning associate, which is essentially a junior level financial advisor doing comprehensive planning, working as a part of the team to serve our ultra high net worth clients. So that's what I was doing for basically the first three and a half years of my career at Valentine. And then at the top of 2021, my role shifted into a new role called the financial education specialist role, which is a new role that was basically designed just for me because there was a lot of things that I was doing outside of Valentine as well in terms of financial literacy work and education and skills that the firm needed that I could fill. And so I transitioned out of the traditional advisory role into more of a unique new fun role that encompasses financial education geared toward mostly our next gen clients, as well as working on DEI initiatives and also working with a select number of clients still that I do work on and speaking engagements and fun things like podcasts that I'm doing right now. That's awesome. And what a cool transformation there in terms of the things that you're focused on. So Akiva, I know some of the work that you do in and outside of Ballantyne with the bemuse that we're going to get into is around giving advice on career paths for folks, whether it's in or out of financial services. What advice do you have for new people coming into our industry? There's sort of this conundrum of, do I get the designations? Do I get the experience? What do you think you would give them in terms of advice? I think it really depends on your learning style in terms of which one you want to tackle first. So I would say both, but if I had to choose one, I would probably lean toward experience because I think it makes the designations and the things that you're learning in the classroom make a lot more sense. I like it. Yeah. And ideally it sounds like both, right? If you can be doing the education 
and working at the same time do it. But for those that maybe can't do that because of their schedule or other commitments, the experience definitely, I think, lends itself to understanding the education part of it. So I have to ask, because as folks are considering these designations, Akiva, and that sort of conundrum of experience versus education, with all these letters behind your name, you have a lot of continuing ed to do every year. How many hours do you spend on CEs? So the great thing is that because most of these designations are related, usually I'm able to kill a few birds with the same stone. So I would say that I spend at least 20 hours uh, doing continuing education each year at a minimum, really depends on the year. There have been years where I'm doing a whole lot, depending on what I have going on. And so it averages out to about 20. And it's usually pretty easy to get. The firm that I work at, Valentine, is really great at offering continuing education opportunities. They're really big on training and making sure that all of their employees are up to date on what's going on in the industry. And the American College is also great at that, too. I get a good amount of CE credits just from the continuing education webinars and things that the American College hosts, in addition to miscellaneous industry conferences and events and such. And so that's that's how I get my CE. Thank you for that shameless plug for the college, Akiva. They are jumping up and down, our partners here at the college. So um, that's great. So 20 hours a year, that seems really manageable. I know the folks that, and I do this myself, Akiva, with the CEs that I have to do, I save them all to the very last moment before they are due. How do you manage your time in getting those done over the course of the year? I found that it's actually pretty easy. Whenever Mm -hmm. I see an event that I sign up for, I just sign up. And, you know, I try to do those throughout the year. And before I know it, I look back and it's like, whoa, when did I get that much CE? So as long as you have it as kind of a regular part of your routine, for lack of a better word, it's pretty simple to get. I love it. I think that thinking about it, having that focus on it throughout the year, looking for those opportunities to get it definitely makes it easier. And there are so many opportunities, right? So many of these webinars, conferences, and we eventually go back in person where you can get those CEs. So Akiva, thank you so much for sharing your advice, for talking through the importance of these designations, how they apply to your current role, and hopefully for our audience that maybe is thinking about these designations or has them, we've got a good picture of what they could be doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much. For more episodes, visit our website at theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. This has been Next Gen in 10, brought to you by the American College of Financial Services. 